You're listening to the Gateway Franklin Church Podcast. To learn more about Gateway Franklin Church, including our service times here in Franklin, Tennessee, visit us online at gatewayfranklin.com. And now, here is this week's message. Well, good morning, everybody. My name is Tony, and I'm the Congregational Care Pastor here at Gateway. And I'm excited to be able to bring a message this morning as we're uh, letting our pastor, his wife, enjoy a day off since their beautiful daughter got married this, uh, this past weekend. And it was just a lovely, lovely, lovely ceremony. So we're excited for them and happy for them. We're actually going to go ahead and answer the question that we asked the kids. Why did God create mothers? But before we do that, we want to honor the mothers that are right here in the room. So if you are a biological mother, an adoptive mother, a mother of spiritual children, or you have foster children, would you stand right now? And we just want to applaud you and say, thank you, moms. Just want to bless you. Celebrate all of our moms here. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. And I'm also especially grateful for two particular reasons this morning. First of all, I'm really grateful that I have a wonderful, godly uh, mother and uh, got to see her in first service this morning. And some of you don't know that my parents uh, actually attend uh, church here as well, Lolly and Howard Wright. My dad's a retired uh, pastor. And so I was really excited to have, have them and just the godly heritage that they have given uh, they have given me, so I wanted to honor my mom this morning. And also, okay, be seated. You already are, because this is going to be a shocker. This is my first official Mother's Day also. <laughs> me and Sarah Abraham, you know those guys? Uh, that's, that's me. Um, my husband and I have... Uh, really delighted over the years, I mean, many years, being spiritual parents to a lot of kids. Got a whole crew of them here uh, this morning that have been in our lives for many years. And if you're like, what is a spiritual child? It's kind of like a God child, sort of. You might be more familiar with that. But it's other people's kids that you love so much and that you just pour yourself out to them as well and help, help them grow in the Lord and uh, help, be, help them become more like Christ. And so um, one of our spiritual daughters, uh, Rachel, uh, the Lord had put it on our hearts this past year for Kevin and I to adopt her as an adult. And uh, so we talked with her husband, Leon, who's back there at the, at the door. And he said, yeah, I'll go ahead and adopt my wife. And if you'll just take care of all the other expenses, uh, that would be great too. Uh, no, we love Leon. We got an instant son-in-law and he's over security here at the church. So, you know, he's awesome. We got instant son-in-law. We got uh, instant adult grandchildren instantly because they had also adopted three adult daughters. Uh, so, and a couple of, one of the daughters, two of the little girls that you saw up there, the one up that, that talked about her mom was really gifted with the chicken noise, is actually uh, foster daughters of one of our adult <laughs> granddaughters. I got to have a flow chart myself. <laughs> but <laughs> nevertheless, um, they, are, they are amazing. And so we actually kind of inherited uh, potential and future great-grandchildren as well. And then I have also adopted two of our adopted daughter's sisters. 
We don't even know what to call them. Uh, there are daughter sisters that we love dearly, and uh, and they're part of our they're part of our family, and they're they're kids too. And we just we love all of them, and we're so so blessed. Our story of adopting uh, Rachel is truly a story of just love and redemption and expanding. There is, there is no limits to how big and enlarged our hearts can become for other people and, for, and just for helping other parents. Uh, I mean, I've had one mom, none of yours, but I had one mom who had said to me a number of years ago, she said, God knew my, my daughter needed two mothers. And so our heart was not to remove someone from their family, but to enhance and to bless. And I know that many of you, many of you do that well. So we, we really, really value um, spiritual parenting and spiritually pouring in uh, to the next generation. Well, why did God create mothers? Let me give you two possible reasons. God created mothers to beautifully and lovingly reveal certain aspects of his nature to their children. Only things that a mom could really, really do. And secondly, God created mothers because he couldn't physically be everywhere. Now we know, we all know God is omnipresent, but I know a lot of kids think so their mom is as well. Right? The omnipresent one lives in you and he will show you things that you should not know, but you do. You know, just like where that missing thing is. Um, but moms are really there to be that physical, physical hands and feet and mouth and love of Jesus to their kids. Genesis 3.20 tells us that Eve is the mother of all living. Now, think about that. This is said of her before she was ever actually a mother. That she was the mother of all living. She was born to be a mother. Women are born to be mothers. I didn't have biological children, but I was born to be a mother. It's, it's in us. It's who God's made us to be. And so if you don't know that yet, find your kids. They may be sitting here somewhere or someone else may take their kids to you and ask you to just go ahead and be their parents for a while because they need a break. Uh, they can come in all sorts of, all sorts of blessed ways, but... God specifically designed Eve to be a mother. Why? Because motherhood is a special way in which God has chosen to reveal himself to us. Of course, both mothers and fathers are meant to be an extension of God to show their children what God's like. But motherhood was never meant to be a competition. And a lot of moms struggle with that, feeling like they're competing against other moms. And social media does not help make that any better. Uh, because of all the beautifully staged family photos that we get to see on social media. Mothers who just fill their kids with activities or want their kids to be also well-behaved and all those, those are, those are great, those are good things, uh, but that's not the purpose of motherhood. Motherhood is an extension of God himself to those that he's given us to mother. So at the end of the day, the biggest question of our success as a mother is this. Did I impart the nature and character of God to my children and show them what it means to follow Jesus? That's the question. 
So this morning, we're going to talk about how to do that. And we're going to focus on just three specific assignments, values of a godly mother that will demonstrate to her children the nature of God the Father, Jesus the Son, and the Holy Spirit. So number one, God created mothers to love and nurture their children just as God the Father loves and nurtures us. 1 John 3 verse 1 says, this is an amazing scripture. It says, see what great love the Father has lavished on us that we should be called the children of God and that is what we are. Isn't that amazing? That we are considered and called the children of God because his lavish love has been poured out on us. Mothers are meant to be a vessel of God's lavish love for your children. We can't pour out of an empty vessel, though, can we? We can't pour out of a vessel that's not been filled. So we must first be filled with God's love ourselves. We must first have a revelation of the depth of God's love in our own hearts before we can even begin to think that we can pour it out to someone else. Here's just a simple snapshot of what God's love looks like. It's patient, it's merciful, it's kind, it's humble, it's generous, it's truthful, it's joyful, it's consistent, it's forgiving, and it's full of loving discipline when needed. Mothers are the primary nurturers in the home. Feeding your children well is one of the sweetest ways that kids feel loved. I mean, we heard it, didn't we? My mom made this, my mom made that, snacks, my meals, my mom, and the food. It's a thing. And it's a way that kids feel loved and nurtured. They're going to forever remember how you loved them through their favorite foods and through their favorite snacks. So for me, growing up, I grew up in central Arkansas and The thing that my mom made that me and my brothers loved and still love to this day, in fact, I need some soon, is chocolate gravy and buttered biscuits. (laughs) Not even joking. Anybody else had chocolate gravy? There's one, two, three, four. You guys, I'm just saying, you are missing out. Get you some cocoa and some real sugar. Mix it together with some water, put it on the stove, and you are good to go. (laughs) No, seriously, I don't actually have the recipe, but it's good, whatever is in it. Uh, But even to this day, we all could instantly, when I said that, every single one, I guarantee, had this thought in their head of their favorite childhood foods, their favorite meal that someone, either their grandmother or their mother, prepared. Because we're nurturers. Our mothers and our grandmothers are meant to be nurturers. Even Jesus said that he was the bread of life. Isn't that amazing? He knew. He knew. I was thinking about that and this thought occurred to me. I'm like, oh, is this irreverent? Because I was thinking, if Jesus was in the South, would he have said, I'm your biscuit? I'm your biscuit of life. I would have been like, oh, Jesus, you're my biscuit. You love me so much. 
that's just a southern, you know, you might have had, he's my French toast or he's something that was really special to you. But bread was a thing. Bread was a thing and he knew it was a thing. He said, I'm your bread. So the biggest thing that we need to feed our children is the bread of life, which is Jesus. That's the biggest thing. That's the only thing that's going to satisfy our hunger and the only thing that's going to satisfy the hunger that it's in our children. Mothers give their children a sense of security with their love. This enables your children in later years to understand the love and care of God more clearly. It's a great privilege to reflect the loving nature of God to our children, isn't it? Thank you, moms, for the way that you love and nurture your children, just as the Father loves and nurtures you. Number two. God created mothers to shepherd the hearts of their children, just as Jesus, the Son, is the good shepherd to us. In John 10, 14 and 15, Jesus said, I am the good shepherd. I know my sheep and my sheep know me, just as the Father knows me and I know the Father, and I laid down my life for my sheep. That every mama in this room would lay down your life for your children. There's a lot of mama bears in this room. I have no doubt. Something happens to one of your kids, you are right there. Ready to defend them, ready to help them, ready to deal with that situation, right? You're ready to lead them to the good shepherd. The greatest gift that you can give your children is to shepherd their hearts toward Christ every day in every situation, leading them to Jesus. This is going to give them the greatest opportunity to choose Christ for themselves because it is a choice that they have to make for themselves. We cannot superimpose our faith onto our children or assume that because our children were raised in the church, if they were, that they're automatically going to follow Jesus. They most certainly may not. We have to present to them a model and a love and a conviction in our own hearts about who God is, who Jesus is, who the Holy Spirit is, so that they have everything they need to make the choice and choose rightly. Mothers, the two most important values that you can impart to your children to shepherd their hearts are a deep love and value of God's word and a deep love and value of prayer. And so how can we do that best? We do that by modeling a life of being in the word consistently and letting them hear us pray leading them in prayer, teaching them how to pray, teaching them the value of God's word. I'm not talking about a checklist. I'm not talking about a bunch of rules or you got to read, you know, this much or this much or we're not talking about that. We're talking about your heart, our hearts. Do I have a heart that values God's word? Do I believe it? When I was growing up, and a lot of you would know this is true, when I was growing up, most everyone, believers and unbelievers, still thought the word of God was true. 
Is that not the case? They thought the word of God was, they might say, yeah, I'm not doing that. Yeah, I'm a sinner. Yeah, I don't, I don't follow that, but I, I know, I know God. I know the, I, I believe the Bible, but I'm just not doing that right now. Today, that's not the case. Most people in the world don't even value this. They don't even consider this God's word. We have to impart that. We cannot let the culture define what our children are going to believe. We have to stand for what is true and what is right. And we have to know it in our own hearts. I know for myself, growing up, I, I can remember throughout my whole life. Um, even to this day, this happens. But I can remember as a child going to bed and hearing my parents praying in their room before they went to bed. I grew up with parents that were prayer warriors. And that impacted me greatly. I was never afraid to pray because I always heard them pray. Valued the word of God. So then I began to value the word of God. I began to be hungry for what the word of God would say. We have within us the power of the Holy Spirit. We have Jesus to help us so that we can then greatly impact the lives of our children. Because children are going to model what they see and what they're taught. And it's never too late to start that. It's never too late. Mothers, prayer is like a blanket that we use to cover our children. Prayer is like a blanket that we use to cover our children. A praying mother can change the outcome of their children's lives. Did you hear that? A praying mother, and of course a father too, but a praying mother can change the outcome. We never give up. We never stop. We continue to contend and press in and listen to the word and to the ways of the Lord. What is he saying? How do we respond? What do we do when things are not going the way we want them to with our children? Mothers, remember this, that the Bible is the only book that has the power to change us, but it must be loved and cherished in our home. Now, don't get me wrong. I love Bible apps. Love them. Use a Bible app every day alongside my Bible. But this Bible I have had for 30 years as a gift from my parents. And there's hardly a day that I'm not in it. I, can't, I might not know where something's at, but I can remember because I flipped through it so many times. I've highlighted, I've prayed through, I've got dates on there from years ago and I look back and I can't even remember why I was so upset that day. But that scripture helped me that day. And I'm like, man, seems like I would really remember that scripture because I got written on there 2014. What was going on? I don't even remember. Isn't that just like the enemy just oh, makes you so awful? You read and oh, the word of God just is like salve to us. It strengthens us in every way. We need to have a journey and a journal with the scripture. Amen? And we can at any point in time. 
We can. We must teach our children according to Psalm 119, 105, which says, Your word is a lamp for my feet and a light on my path. So many times, I'll tell you just a simple prayer I have prayed. If you're like, oh, I don't, I'm kind of intimidated about praying out loud. I've never really prayed out loud in front of my kids. Or, hey, just start yourself. Go to your room alone and practice praying out loud to Jesus. And it might be a simple prayer just like this. And I've prayed this lots of times. Lord, fix me. Three words. There's too many other things. Lord, you know all the details. I just need you to fix me. I don't want to think like this. I don't want to act like that. I don't want to respond like that. I don't want to be like that. Lord, fix me. Now, I also say fix them. I figure if he can fix me, he can fix them. I can't always fix them or fix the situation because it seems like nothing else can be done. We are not called to be fixers. We're called to be responders and to be those who surrender things to the Lord. Mothers, remember this. Only God can preserve your children in an evil world. But we can have a great impact on their lives if we shepherd their hearts toward faith in Jesus. The Apostle Paul saw this very thing in Timothy's grandmother and his mother when he wrote to him in 2 Timothy 1.5 and he said, I am reminded of your sincere faith which first lived in your grandmother, Lois, the power of a praying grandma and a faith-filled grandmother, and in your mother, Eunice, and I am persuaded now lives in you. That's the power of a mother's and a grandmother's godly influence. Thank you, moms, for the way that you shepherd the hearts of your children, just as Jesus has shepherded your heart. And then last... God created mothers to comfort and help their children just as the Holy Spirit is our comforter and our helper. I love this verse, John 14, 26, that Jesus said out of the Amplified because it really breaks it out. It says, but the helper, the, the disciples are like, you know, Jesus is telling them, I'm getting ready to leave. And they're, they don't know what to think about all this. He says, it's important that I go, and here's why. Because the helper, the comforter, the advocate, the intercessor, the counselor, the strengthener, the standby, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, in my place, to represent me and act on my behalf, he will teach you all things. And he'll help you remember everything that I told you. Peace I leave with you. My perfect peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give it to you. Do not let your heart be troubled, nor let it be afraid. Let my perfect peace calm you in every circumstance and give you courage and strength for every challenge. Mothers, 
You are meant to be spirit-filled helpers, comforters, counselors, advocates, teachers, intercessors, peacemakers, and guides for your children. And the key to being all of these things is only by the power of the Holy Spirit. He's our teacher. He's our comforter. He is our counselor, our advocate, our guide, our peace, and our very present, very present help in time of need. So we've got to ask him to fill us freshly every day because we don't know what that day holds. We don't know what we're going to need that day, but he does. He does. Mothers, we are in a battle with the enemy. The enemy is determined to destroy our children, our families, and our homes. He's on a mission. But we must never give in to this battle or lose sight of who the real enemy is until every member of our family is safe in the kingdom of God. Every member of our family safe in the kingdom of God. We don't stop. We don't quit. We don't give up. Godly mothers are empowered to go to war for their families. God will strengthen you. He will encourage you. He will help you. He will guide you in this process to go to war for your families. All of our present demands that are on us, and there's many, all of your present self-denials, and as a mother, every day, there's some, something you're probably denying yourself in order to see something happen for your children. All of your present suffering will seem like nothing on the final day when your husbands and your children rise up and call you blessed because you completed the assignment you were given by the power of the Holy Spirit. Proverbs 31, 28 through 31 says, Her children rise up and call her blessed. Her husband also, and he praises her. Many women have done excellently, but you have surpassed them all. So thank you, moms. Thank you, moms, for the way that you comfort and the way that you help your children. Just as the Holy Spirit comforts and helps you. So as we move into our response time, I know that for some of you, maybe a lot of you, this is a difficult day. It comes with so many emotions. I'm going to name some of the things that I know can be really, really, really difficult on Mother's Day. And then we're going to pray for you. Okay? Maybe you've prayed and prayed for a child, but that answer has yet to come. And your heart is broken. Maybe you've recently experienced the pain of losing your mother. I know that happened with us, with Kevin and Kathy's mom, my precious mother-in-law, just a few months ago. It's your first Mother's Day without your mother. Maybe losing a child 
happened to you. Maybe you had a miscarriage. Maybe your child didn't make it. Or maybe your children are not walking with the Lord and the thoughts are just consuming on a day like today because your heart is broken over that. It could be that years ago you chose to end a pregnancy and you've been haunted by something that you've repented of and that God has forgiven you of, but it still haunts you. Or maybe you're a single mom, you're struggling to work a job, you're struggling to raise your children, you feel exhausted, you feel frazzled, and you feel incapable of doing these things. Or maybe you're just a mom that feels inadequate or that you're failing. Or maybe you didn't actually have a godly mother For every single one of you, and this is including the dads, the sons as well, God sees you today. He sees you. He knows exactly what the emotional state of your heart is right now. He knows the hurt. He knows the pain that you've experienced. So if you're struggling with any of these things, any of these emotional, painful realities that I mentioned, there was a lot of different things. Would you just stand right where you are? We're not going to ask you to come forward, but would you stand right where you are? And we want to pray over you this morning. We also have communion on the right and on the left. You're welcome to take communion as well. But I know there are more mothers. We had a ton of moms standing in nine o'clock service. If you've got wayward children that you're crying out to God for, if you've experienced some sort of loss this year or recently, or you're currently just struggling with some things related to motherhood, we want to pray for you. We want to pray for you. And we want to pray for your children. Anyone else? This is for men as well. If there's any men in the room, you please stand as well. This is fathers and mothers. Experience emotion on Mother's Day that you want us to pray about. Now I want you to look around at those that are standing and I want those around you just to come and gather around them as we worship. I want you to pray for them. Just pray for them. Everybody look around, see who needs prayer. Just go. They may tell you what's going on. They may not. They may need tissues. <laughs> But let's gather around these that are standing, that are in pain today and that are hurting today. And let's, let's pray over them as we, as we worship. We hope you were encouraged and challenged by today's message. Again, to learn more about Gateway Franklin Church, find us online at gatewayfranklin.com. Thanks for joining us today.